Hey, 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 and happy new year. As I welcome you to the second season of End of the Night, I'm feeling an overwhelming sense of appreciation for the incredible guests who've opened up and joined me and for you, the listeners. And if you happen to be new here, well, welcome. (laughs) I'm Cassie Anderson, owner and creative director of Cassie Rose Events, a luxury planning and production firm based here in Michigan. And this is End of the Night, our podcast sharing a behind the scenes look at the imaginative world of wedding and hospitality pros. Today, I'm joined by Anya Winnicka, CMO and co-founder of Maru. Maru is a platform that's inspired loosely on the buy now, pay later trend and was designed to support business owners that power the hospitality industry. And I've got to say, chatting with her was so eye-opening and so fascinating. During her 15 plus years working with wedding vendors and engaged couples, Anya shares the gap she found in the industry and what inspired her to start a tech company for this $95 billion industry. That's right, folks. It is a $95 billion, with a B, industry. Take a listen. You have worn like every hat in this industry. How have your past experiences shaped where you are now and what needs maybe were you seeing in the industry that you felt like you were uniquely qualified to tackle? I started out at The Knot in New York with like $500 to my name in 2005. (laughs) And I really, like, I really didn't know anything about anything. But I started as a copy editor there. And what it meant was I had to read everything. Like I literally had to read every single piece of content on the website, in the magazine, in the newsletters, whatever it was. I learned some basic coding and then joined as the not.com editor. And from there, everything really took off because from there I was able to see metrics Mm. and I was able to see like how the stuff that was being created actually had a real impact on people. Well, I think a lot of people get into publishing things because they like to see their name written in print. Yeah. I realized like there was not as much of a pull for that as much as it was to be able to see the impact that I could have. And with websites, you know, you've got analytics and so you can see these things. So I spent like a decade, literally a decade with this like bird's eye view on the metrics and the content and the community of couples talking about weddings. And of course things changed, but what was cool is like when you looked at the numbers, you know, and the types of questions that we were asking couples. I think it was like there was some basic stuff like, oh, are they spending more or less? But one of the things I thought was really interesting was we would ask them every year, how would you describe your wedding? And I remember like in the early days, people would talk about their weddings in very like stylistic terms, like, you know, simple, classic, elegant. And now, you know, over time, what I realized is people started referring to their weddings as a feeling. Yes. And you kind of felt like, you know, things were maturing, (laughs) at least, you know, in our industry a bit. You know, now I want it to be a fun wedding, you know, not taking myself too seriously. I want it to be down to earth, approachable. I spent another three years after that working on the industry side. So building out content, webinars, workshops, all sorts of things for the industry. But basically what it was, was taking all of that time that I had spent over there on the couple side and actually distilling it down into a way that was meaningful for businesses that are powering the industry. Anya, I think that's so interesting, this trend that you're talking about of sort of starting out talking about your wedding as a stylistic descriptor, moving into this more emotive, experiential I don't know, theme, I guess. I've noticed that too, right? Like, and that's even a way that we, when we're first talking, even in a consultation before a client's booked us, it's like, how do you want your guests to feel? How do you want to feel on your wedding day? And let's let everything we design, whether it's experiential or tactile or whatever, sort of lend itself to that. 
I think it goes to show how the industry is transformed. I mean, it's not really about just like decorating a room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think couples, I think they get it. I think that, that a wedding is more than that. And, and when it comes to the people that they hire, they're now able to translate it in that way. And so that's important. I'm <laughs> almost milestone for our industry. Yeah. Yeah. But I think having that 360 view on the industry from the couple's facing side and then really being able to translate it and, and understand like what businesses were up to. What pieces of that that were really required to elevate their businesses was a big deal. And so I think if you do those things, you know, which I did for long enough, certain holes start to emerge in the industry. Yeah. And payments was one of them. Payments and paying for your wedding was certainly one of them. It was one of those things that you didn't see on the couple side and you had a lot of friction, a lot of awkward conversations about it on the pro side. So you know that there's something there to solve. What were some of the things you were actually seeing? Like, was it people didn't know how much things cost? You know, talking about your prices to your competitors, talking about your prices to even your couples, the way in which you explain it is so important. Otherwise, they may not understand the value that they're getting because we are not apples to apples when we're planners or designers or florists and things like this. And so it's so important. But at the same time, it is so confusing to couples who have never done this before and are spending more money than they've ever done before. Yeah. And we're all kind of doing it to make it make sense for our businesses. And that's cool. But actually as an industry, we've done a pretty poor job of communicating like our value in terms of price and payments and helping couples understand why that is. And I think there's this like intersectionality of so many other things coming into play. Right. Talking about money, whether it's wedding industry or just you're out to dinner with your friends, right? is like this taboo thing. yeah. And so I think particularly in an industry that's fairly female dominated, I think there's like a whole other component to it there where like as women, and this is obviously a generalization, but I think there's also this like conditioning where we either A, undervalue what we're worth to begin with, and we feel uncomfortable talking about our pricing, and we feel uncomfortable advocating for ourselves and what we are worth. That's right. Right? Yeah. And we don't talk to each other about who's charging what. Right. I totally agree that one of the primary reasons is because as women, we are not raised or we are not conditioned to talk about financing money. You know, when we talk about those things, we bring power to them, but we don't have a structure for that mm-hmm. in our industry, especially. If we're taught from a young age the money is not something to want, then how hard would it be to like go off and talk about it yeah. when it comes to couples and, and you know your pricing? But I just think we are way too big of an industry to not be talking about it. We're a $95 billion industry, and that is not counting the registry business. Why? Why don't we talk about it? What's your opinion? Why do you think we don't talk about it? Well, I mean, for one, I think it's hard to normalize and to like standardize anything in our industry because we are all from different places. We are all serving different types of couples because of how diverse our country is. We are very fractured as an industry. Yeah. That said, there are some patterns in our industry, right? Just to say it out loud, because I feel like it's important. We are passionate, creative, generous, incredible humans that run these businesses. We are not doing it necessarily for the money. That would be on. Mm-hmm. We, we would all go work on Wall Street if that were the case. But we are doing it because of these other things at play. We also the makeup of us, right? Like mostly women, LGBT. Mm-hmm. We are sort of like almost the misfits. <laughs> and we've come together <laughs> into this awesome industry to create these and this really ridiculous events. Massive industry. Because there's a lot of other things at play, because those not those are not the things that we were raised to talk about. There isn't a language around it. There isn't a structure around it. It like it just becomes so hard. Yeah. And it's so much easier to just talk about the other stuff. I think just the pandemic shined a light on mm-hmm. you know, what we're talking about here and made it really obvious that like there was sort of a reckoning and we all needed to kind of look down at contracts and terms and really take these things very seriously. And also like, how do we protect ourselves? 
in the future. Like, so this never happens again. And I would argue that like one of the things that we need to do better is talk about money. (laughs) I agree. Tell us about Maru. This is such a unique opportunity that I think is is really, really cool. And I want to share more about sort of how it came to be. My co-founder was was really inspired by the idea of the buy now, pay later trend that's going on in the in the fintech world. This is like when you go on Nordstrom's app or Amazon or something, and now you can split up payments over time. Weddings, you know, they're tricky to pay for on the couple side. As a business professional, you're having to like, you know, collect payments over time. You're trying to help people understand how much you cost and things. There's a lot of friction on both sides. For a professional, you can build out a Maru package where you essentially allow your couple to pay for that service over time, like split it up into 12 months at 0% financing. And then on the flip side, when that couple signs on the dotted line and pays that first monthly installment, we actually wire the full upfront amount to the business owner. So no more having to collect payments from them or or have those kinds of conversations or tracking. And then at the same time, we built in wedding cancellation insurance into the middle of it because we heard a lot about credit card companies charging back from contracts that happened particularly during the pandemic. And so it wasn't as much that we were looking to cover couples in all instances. It was that we wanted to signal to wedding businesses that we are not in the business of chargebacks. And in fact, that's like an anti-goal of ours. Yeah, That's yeah. why we built that in. So couples can come in the door and they can apply for a virtual card. You know, they can kind of create out their wedding wallet and pay for things like this. So there's a lot of ways to use it. And I think, you know, just as we grow and as we hear back feedback from both sides, we'll start to roll out more products. End of the day is like, it should be easier. It should be easier. Money shouldn't be this complicated, right? Yeah. Have you found that there are like within the industry, have you found that there is any sort of specific vendor types that have been more of the early adopters of this? For sure. I mean, I think anybody who's really focused on their sales volume numbers, that's a very specific type of person and business owner in the industry. They probably have a team. They probably have a sales manager. They probably have you know, they're really focused on those numbers. That type of person is really excited about creating like packages and actually increasing conversion. And then also uh, typically leads to higher order values. What does that mean? What does it mean when you say order values? You know, a couple will come in the door and say, wow, I can really split that up over time. Like, I guess I will upgrade to the nicer package. Ah, I see. Yep. Because I'm not having to throw all of this stuff on a credit card. Sure. Sure. And just for, you know, statistics sake, like 74% of American couples are doing this. They're using a high interest credit card or a loan to help pay for their wedding. We're not trying to encourage credit card use. We're actually responding to the fact that there's so much of this. Sure. And when the average interest rate is like 28, 32%, it feels wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's what we're up to. I love that. Money comes up over and over again. Money comes up with the parents. Money comes up between the couple. Money comes up yep. when it's time to go tip your vendors at the end of the night. Mm-hmm. Like there's so mm-hmm. many moments along the way. And every single one of those moments is a little bit of like a, it's not a happy necessarily, it's not like a happy moment. Right. And so if we can <laughs> simplify that, modernize it, make it make sense, yep. offer a better solution, I, I think we're doing a good job. It's so true. Even if your wedding budget is $12 billion, like <laughs> I've never had a client who doesn't care about money. Right. Right. Like <laughs> right. it doesn't matter whether your budget is is 20 grand or 200 million, like you still want to know how much things cost. <laughs> Regardless of what your budget is, everybody, you know, wants to make sure that there's value for what they're paying for. And I feel like anything that can be done to either simplify or kind of just make that a more comfortable process is always a good thing. Yeah. Knowing our industry is so important and vital to building up a product because it's like if you're a venue, you see that full upfront payment as 
the parking lot can get done before fall season starts. But like if you're a photographer, you might see that as shoulder season. Like money gets weird right before wedding season starts and and between bookings and things. Like I'm going to encourage a few more Maru clients during that time. Right. So what's something that you think is worth the splurge? We know how expensive things can get. We know (laughs) like in general, what's something that you think either A, because you've seen people tend to splurge on this yeah, or just because you're like, you know what? I've seen enough weddings and I know the money side of things, like there's value here. It's worth it. I feel like it's going to sound trite, but I, it's just guest experience all day long. Mm -hmm. If you walk away from your wedding, you're like, yes, that was amazing. Everyone had a terrible time. Like screw you. And you're pretty dressed. (laughs) Who cares? Like, I'm glad that your photos are pretty, but like everyone was uncomfortable. (laughs) Um, yeah, I mean, I think I, I really do think it's like any of those things. It's funny. One of the questions that we always ask our clients when we're sort of at the beginning stages of planning is, all right, it's the end of the night. Uh-huh. Your guests are waiting for their car, you know, waiting for valet to bring up their car. What are they talking about? Oh, like that. what just happened at your wedding that they're talking about, right? Was it, oh my gosh, that was the most delicious meal I've ever had. Was it my feet are so sore I didn't leave the dance floor? Like, yeah. what is it that your guests are talking about? Such a good way to place it. Because that's then obviously what you care about, right? Yeah, no doubt. So I, yeah, I think you're so right. I think you're so right. (laughs) Where does the name Maru come from? What's the story with that? Oh, it's pretty simple. (laughs) It's the prefix of the word marriage and with two rings on the end. So the two O's are in the icon and, you know, the branding itself. Right. I saw that, but I was like, pretty simple. I love that. Yeah. What brings you joy in this work? It's 100% the people in our industry. Yeah. That's what gets me up. We are weird, talented, <laughs> generous, passionate. We're mostly women, working mm-hmm. moms, LGBT, young, old, all parts of the country, all sorts of crazy experiences that we're bringing to the table. And these people, I mean, it's all of us creating these like incredible like memorable life moments for people. That's amazing. And it it really is a quirky bunch, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Like my favorite. It's like in high school. I feel like we're a very special table. Yeah, we're so we are such a special table at the in the cafeteria for sure. (laughs) That's amazing. It's so good. Well, it has been awesome chatting with you, and I'm so grateful that you took the time. And I'm so excited to see where things go. Thank you. What a way to start our second season. For more information about Maru and how you can utilize this incredible tool, visit maru.us. And thanks again for tuning in to End of the Night. To listen to all of our past episodes, visit CassieRoseEvents.com and click tune in. Talk soon.